Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I am your dubious host, Lauren Hutton, and with me as always, it's no one because I put Luke in timeout for what he did on the last episode. Thank you all so much for listening. This week on the show, we had Mark Rouse. Rouse? Rouse? Should have confirmed that with him before I did the intro. Anyways, this guy's story is absolutely bananas. He was an ex-employee with uh, a very major company. I don't want to bury any leads or pull the rug out from anything here. So I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, let you know exactly what's going on before we actually get into what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You smell what I'm stepping in? Huh? Huh? The point is, is that this guy is going to shed some light on some nefarious activity, and we also see what that looks like when. Um, it's a chicken eggy situation. You'll understand what that means when we get there. Am I being entirely too vague? Probably. I, I don't do these well on my own. I shouldn't have put Luke in timeout. I apologize for that. But really, I don't think he had any right to just hijack the show and do his own thing for a whole freaking week. Yeah, he claims it was for scheduling reasons, but we all know that that's bullshit, right? He lives in my basement in a small crate in a corner. There's no scheduling conflicts where you're in a crate in the corner of a guy's basement. Like, you can just say, hey, you want to let me out of the crate for a minute? We'll do an episode. But no. He takes his freaking... I don't know how he got two people in that crate to do a whole episode. But my point is, that stuff, it's not going to happen anymore. Or maybe it will on the Patreon. Who knows? Thanks for listening. The oh, one with Michael the Keaton, the, the founder. The founder. The Monopoly yeah. game this is some founder scam. level. Is that what you're about? Oh, well, it's, it's even yeah, more it's tied up in fits that. Yeah. that but <laughs> yeah, okay. Mark lays well, yeah. down yeah. some shit. You're you you You, you got s- some shit. You got some shit, dog. You got some shit. So let's start at the beginning. You just graduated college. Right. Take so I was a, I was a senior at University of Cincinnati. Hell yeah, congratulations. Yeah, let's go, Bearcats, number yeah. two in the country. Are we? Well, in some polls, <laughs> in the polls that matter. At what? <laughs> at football. Right. Oh, okay. Cool. Right yeah. on. Yeah, and you played. Uh, I played in high school. Oh. Uh, okay. But I actually, I had two open heart surgeries, one being a what freshman in shit? high school. We didn't even run into oh that. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we started over. You had two open. Okay. Well, I know what we're going to talk about later. We talked for yeah. an hour before this, and the other <laughs> shit was so good, we didn't even get into two open heart surgeries. And we've known sir. each other for probably, what, four years now? And yeah, I've never mentioned that. Yeah. I, uh, all right. You got put, your chest so, took open. Yeah, put a so pin in it. Put a I was pin in it. You just graduated That's college. That's how you do mm-hmm. open heart surgery. <laughs> you, know, you don't just put a pin in it. You put a bunch of pins in. Yeah, um, I'm not a doctor. So, so I was a freshman in high school, and I went in to get my freshman physical, and my pediatrician. <laughs> then they're like, open them up. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what happened. The pediatrician was listening to my heart. I thought it was a routine thing and he heard some leaking and he was like, hey, man, I need you to I need you to go get checked out by a cardiologist. I think you might have some leaking in one of your valves. You know, when a doctor says you're leaking, it's never good. No, it's, it's not never especially good. when he describes it as one of your valves. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I didn't even know I had valves. <laughs> So I had open heart surgery December 20th of 2004 and I was in the hospital on Christmas Eve and Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco came to the hospital and gave me all these Johnson and gave me all these (laughs) presents. Are you, you hold on? You got did you was it a make a wish thing or it was before make a wish? I think maybe but it was like its own thing. It was just like they heard about me being in there for that and just him being a real cool and then we were on the news and stuff and I don't remember any of it because I was so doped up on oh. morphine, but <laughs> I'm sure that's some good footage. Yeah, and then an even funnier story. So I had that done when I was 14 and they funnier put in the open heart they, surgery. They put in a cow valve. Okay. Hell yeah. And those last about 15 What's years a cow valve? like a cow's heart valve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Literally a yeah. cow valve as mm-hmm. it sounds, you know, like Radio Shack was a shack where they sold radios. Much the same, cow valve. Did they? Like group is <laughs> Groupon is group coupons. Oh, wink, foreshadowing. Cow valve is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> a valve from a cow, baby. Oh man. Um, 
I'm still pissed at Groupon. Hold, no, we'll, we, get, we'll, we'll get to Groupon. On, we'll get there. We'll get so there. First, we got to put a so hot Ch- So Chad Johnson visits me at, when I'm 14, and it's a really good, cool, feel-good story, Hell whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm the 28, in- and then I'm 28, and I have to have another one to get that replaced. But now I'm good for life. So this was three years ago. I have this open heart surgery. I'm in the hospital, and I find out that Judah and the Lion is coming to play an acoustic set for all the patients. Who? Judah and the lion and I'll take it all back. Take it all back just to have you and I'll take it all back. Take it all back. Take it. Are you just gonna have me keep going? You know exactly what song I'm talking about. I'm almost there. I need 16 more. You know what it is. Take it all back. Take it all back. Take it all back. Baby, I need 16 more bars from Luke. Yeah, now I'm thinking you don't even know this song. No, I have no idea. Take it out hey, back, shoot it. It's play, a horse. It broke its leg. Play Take what? It All Back by Judah and the Lion. Get the cow valve in this child because his valves are leaking and it's not. Oh, that song. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know that was about a cow valve. Well, no, he... It, he that band just came to the hospital because they were in town. Oh, I and see. they decided to do an acoustic set for basically like 10, six year olds and me. Wait, <laughs> you're how old? Because <laughs> if you're a patient at Children's Hospital as a child, they keep you for life. So I'm still a patient that at Children's. Right. Yes. No, 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 100%. They, have a, okay, they, have they don't happens. keep you in the room. No, they let no, you out, no. But yeah, yeah no. but you can keep going there to get their expert care and facilities oh, and high-level nice. doctors. Yeah, they have that's an adult good. heart clinic there. Yeah, So basically, Judah, yeah, Judah and the Lions playing this acoustic set at, at Seacrest Studios at Children's, and it's basically like all these people that are like, these little kids that are like 10 or younger. Yeah. And then this 28 year old rolls in in a wheelchair. I'm like, yo, you guys are tight. (laughs) That's one of the best things I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, so, so anyway, so back to, I played football in high school. Even after the open heart surgery, I played for three years. My senior year, we were the number one team in the nation. Hell yeah. I played with Luke Keekley because no one could hit you. No, we were. Yeah, they weren't. They felt bad. <laughs> they were like, all right, you can score. It was nah, like, that was those, the make a wish. He they, got they those strong the championship. Dude, it was like that pitcher movie. He got the cow valves in his heart, and now he can yeah. run like a cow. <laughs> See, you're now making callbacks to a thing to that no one's heard. Lost footage. <laughs> now trying to block him is like a trying to cow tip by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm a so anyway, I'm a senior at University of Cincinnati, right? And I don't have any job lined up yet, and I'm not really worried about it. But it is getting towards graduation, right? And I the head deadline's up, coming. Yeah, the life I, is staring you down the nose. Mm-hmm. And I head up to Chicago for St. Patrick's Day because you know how they paint the river green, and there's this huge yeah. parade. I do now. Yeah, I want to go. It's really cool. So we go the up windy there. city. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep making po- po- callbacks to the Fucking first podcast. Right now. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, so you go to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I go to Chicago with a couple of my friends. Uh, you know, just for a fun, just for a fun weekend. And I'm at the bar with my friend Sean, and Sean is flirting with seven feet tall. He's super tall. He played football at UC. He's a oh, big right, right, dude. the giant. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. giant. He um, we're walking up to the bar and he and this dude sort of bump into each other and this guy ends up saying something along the lines of like, oh, hey, sorry, you order first like you're way bigger than me or I don't want to I don't want any trouble with you, right? He's like, actually, dude, what are you guys drinking? I'll buy you. I'll buy it for you. So he buys us a drink and we're like, okay, so we're just talking to this random stranger. His name's Matt and I was like, all right, short Matt. Yeah, yep. (laughs) I'm like, hey, Matt, uh, what do you do all day? He's like, I'm a sales manager for Groupon getaways. I love when foreshadowing gets fulfilled. Dude, I just keep wanna, wanting to like turn to the audience and be like, you don't even know this Matt guy. <laughs> 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 fucking Matt. Fucking hero. So you, you so, Matt buys you drinks. So Matt buys me a drink. You know, he, he and I start talking. I tell him about the fact that I worked for Delta Airlines for a couple years in college flying all over the world. I love travel. I'm in marketing. I've always wanted to do sales. Where'd you go for Delta Airlines? I lived in Atlanta doing marketing work for them as a co-op with UC. Hell yeah. How many countries do have you visited with that job? I think it was 10. I've been to 10 countries and most of it happened within 
within the Delta time, but some summer after. Um, but yeah, I've been to okay, U- U.S., Mexico, Canada, Tokyo, Japan. So Japan, oh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Hell yeah! So I've been to South America, Asia, and then Europe. I've done a lot of Italy, a lot of Spain. Uh, London. That's, that's how you phrase it when you say you travel to Europe. I've done Spain. I've done it. Yeah. yeah. I would say Barcelona is <laughs> probably ready, my favorite city on earth. <laughs> they weren't ready. Showed up during siesta. Everybody's <laughs> Everybody taking, taking a nap. They're all taking yeah. a nap in the middle of the afternoon. All, I've taken a little tapas coma. It's noon. I'm turnt. Why is it so quiet here? <laughs> so anyway, it's a match made in heaven with me and this guy mad. I start telling him about how I'm looking for a job. I'm about to graduate. Yeah. And anyway, he takes me out the rest of the night with him and his friends and I stay out with him until probably four in the morning because that's how late bars are open in Chicago. Hell yeah. Yeah. We were watching live music until like three thirty. fucking green. River. It was Let's crazy. Go. So he yeah. gives me he gives me his info. I send him my resume as a formality. I interview right, but I have a job there. I move there in June of 13. Okay. Now I'm going to mix this up from the last time I told the story. I'm going to tell a funny Please. story. I hey, do whatever about you want, early though. on at Groupon. Okay? okay. So I'm working at Groupon. I've been there about a month. It's June of 13. The Stanley Cup is happening. The Blackhawks, the Blackhawks are in it. And this I've, is hockey. This is hockey. Correct. Yeah. Okay. It. So I've lived in Cincinnati my entire life to this point. I'm 23 years old and I have never seen, I've never been in a city to win a championship. Okay. And I'm working at Groupon. I've been there about a month and I'm working there. And when I first started at Groupon, I was in a training program where basically Groupon had about like 12,000 voicemails that they have just never listened to because they were so busy, like signing up other businesses that like low, lower end businesses just kept calling in and leaving messages and we just never acknowledged them. So my initial job was like go through all these voicemails and reach back out and try to get 12,000. Well, it was me and a team of (laughs) it was me and a team of 30 that they hired into this particular role to start Just 4,000, right? Yeah, well, (laughs) no 400 math. Well, they already had 30 and they were hiring 30 more. So there were 60 salespeople on the inbound team reaching out to about 12,000 out of my head. (laughs) We were talking earlier to be an expert in anything. You need about 10,000 hours of work towards it. Mm -hmm. And my thing that I'm an expert in is Groupon. And um, so the anything math related with Groupon, I'm almost autistic for Groupon. Like I've I've studied it so much and I'm we want we got into this too. I'm diagnosed bipolar and one way I can describe it is one time I didn't sleep for a week. And it was like I was cramming for a test that instead of it all leaving my head right after I took the test, it got painted into my brain permanently, almost like photographic memory. A lot of the time mania has this focal point, like an obsession and your obsession was was Groupon is Groupon in particular a wrong that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Groupon and in the big picture, when you look at Eric Lefkowski, the main financer and their chief revenue officer, Simon Goodall, they're scam artists. Should we go like back? Because so, yeah, I let's know go back. who er- yeah, Eric we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But long story short, I'm, I'm working there about a month and this is how Groupon works. Okay. Let's say something normally costs $50. We typically cut it in half. So we sell it for 25 and right. then the local business gets 25 or I'm sorry, 1250 and Groupon gets twelve fifty. Right. Okay. There is a little negotiation wiggle room there on both the discount and the revenue share, but not much. So I'm sitting there, and like I said, I have four four thousand accounts to go through. Yeah. So I'm reaching out to a ton of people every day, and I'm also answering the phone with live people that want to partner with us. Right. So the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup, and I'm about a month into my employment. And I have a couple of friends in town and we're out till five in the morning, like just partying our asses off in Wrigleyville. Yeah. It was a nuts ass night. Yeah. And I slept for three hours. It was eight o'clock. I woke up hung over like more than I could ever comprehend. And I was like, either I call off, which 80% of the people that worked there did that uh, day. Right. Yeah. Um, or it was to be expected. or or I could just take one nice bong rip, take a shower and see how I feel. 
So I did that okay, and I end up going into work and it was dead. There was nobody working. Yeah, okay, you were, you were it a was a startup environment, day. you know, like s- through and through startup. Yeah, and so I'm sitting there at my desk half awake, not knowing really what's going on and I take this live call and I'm talking to this person and they're like this was right when silly strings were a like big deal. Yeah, wait. Have they ever Th- not there was been a time? <laughs> <laughs> Silly <laughs> strings have been an integral part of my life the entire time through. Not just your life, but business in general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm talking to this person and all I really need to know to put the deal together. I was basically an order taker. I needed to know the name of the company, what they were selling, what the sell price was, what the value was, a couple other like how many units they wanted to sell yeah. and this and that. So I take down all this information and I'm like, okay, uh, you want to sell a silly string thing for $10 when it's normally 20. That sounds like a ripoff, but apparently my person that approves it said it's okay. So you're good to go. And I close this deal while I'm basically hung over high, whatever you want to call it. I was not in the right mindset, right? Okay? Yeah. Um, by the time I graduate out of this training program, they we had a meeting and they were going over who in the company had the most revenue and like the incoming class and I'm number one. Holy shit. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, And they're like, yeah, you're killing it. And like, I knew I had been doing okay. And I had closed like 150 deals in three months, which is insane when you think about every day and what goes into it. Limping along, hungover, sleep deprived. (laughs) 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 So anyway, they pull up, they pull up my, my highest grossing deal by far. And it turns out that this was actually like a Kings Island equivalent style theme park and what we were selling were cut the line passes. Oh, and it, it crushed. It no crushed. Kidding. It sold like 2000 units, whatever it was like it completely sold out. You thought you were so selling not silly. Island. It was not silly string. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Fast passes. But, That's but awesome. This is a perfect example of just the absolute shit show that Groupon was as a company. Okay. Yeah, because they were hiring 30 college grads a month to come in and just make phone calls to as many business owners as they possibly could. It was horrible and so many businesses got done wrong. Okay, sure. But anyway, I thought you were selling silly strict. Yeah, (laughs) that was your best deal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but you know when you really look at the Groupon idea and the concept, it does make a lot of sense and could be done well, right? But okay, as you found out, that wasn't necessarily the case because uh, you know shortly after you were there, how long were you there before Matt left? Six months. So you were there, and then the guy that brought you in, your guru, is gone. He went to a random startup called Go Health, yeah, to do some health insurance stuff. But yeah, he just sort of left. And so, like you, obviously coming out of the training program, number one in your in your sales uh, charts, doing very well in the company. As you said in the first recording, your first couple of years, you just started climbing. You were you were amazing at, at answering phone calls and taking orders for Groupon. Yeah. So for six months, I closed about 150 deals, and then I closed an additional 200 after that, uh, exclusively on hotels. Right. Yeah. So I'm working for Groupon getaways because Matt hired me in to work on that particular team. Yeah. I wanted to concentrate on travel. Now, did you yeah. make it into that position before he left? He hired me and then quit. Nice. Right. He gave me basically he backfilled his position. Yeah. And then oh. left. So we saw you at that bar and he's like, that's somebody that's- who could have my shitty job. <laughs> well, it, well, well, the thing is, Matt had been very, very successful at Groupon yeah. and had made oh, a ton okay. of money and the the booking fee hadn't been implemented yet. Oh, I but see. things were fees. but things were starting to go south, right? Yeah. Okay. So the way things went south was when I reach out to a hotel, it basically goes like this. Hey, man, I see you have a hundred rooms. It's showing here in Google that you probably are about 80% full every night, right? That means That's you ha- true, sir. That means you have about 20 rooms going unsold every night. We want to take those travesty. 20 rooms and put them on our platform and sell them on a revenue share. This is all incremental business on top of what you're already doing. But the way it works is there's no upfront cost to partner with Groupon and they operate on a revenue share. So if a room sells for a hundred dollars, you hotel will get 80 and, and we Groupon will get 20. Right. Okay. Well, you got me. Perfect. Sign here. Yeah. Okay. Sold. But so, then what actually was happening was so we decided well, 
a man named Simon Goodall decided. Goddamn Simon. Yeah, Simon. He's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> what a safe derogatory term to call, what, call a person. What an absolute clown. Simon with his red nose and his oversized <laughs> shoes and his tiny yeah. fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm working there and a couple months, you know, maybe a year in to me being on getaways, I start having all of the hotels that I reached out to that during that year and they come to me saying that their accounting people aren't able to figure out exactly what happened with their promotion with us as in the numbers weren't adding up the way they should and they wanted a better explanation. So what I found out through digging through meeting people on our legal team talking to our executives and our managers. I was able to figure out that we were charging a hidden booking fee. So if you get on Groupon and you go to buy a hotel room, let's say it's a hundred dollars and let's say there's ten dollars worth of tax. Okay. Groupon is arbitrarily just charging an extra percentage that's going straight to them. So you click the room nights you want and it'll say a hundred dollars and then it says taxes and fees and has Fifteen dollars, and your total is one fifteen. And that's all instead of one ten. Like when they go through and sign the agreement, this is in like the the tiny end of the thing. Yeah. So in the agreement, it is referred to as travel insurance. It basically says Groupon may, in its sole discretion, offer its customers travel insurance. That sounds like a quote. Yeah, yeah, it's that not booking like fee. Word it, yeah, for word. It, yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, I can I mean I have all these exhibits saved on my laptop. You saw some of them earlier, but I have basically a 150 page document that is everything that I felt was relevant to my employment there and how everything went down. But long story short, whether or not you believe that that is sketchy as a consumer to go purchase something and not know you're giving Groupon direct money is one thing. Right. I, I find that to be unethical and probably illegal from a consumer protection standpoint. Okay, because most most places, if they have a direct booking fee, like a third party booker, like Expedia, Travago, Hotels.com. Uh, Priceline, right? Any of these? Orbits. Yeah, if they thanks Orbits. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say Orbits. If Orbits was getting a direct booking fee going straight to them, or you can even apply it to like Ticketmaster and SeatGeek. Yeah, yeah. If there are direct booking fees going straight to that booker, it's supposed to be itemized individually, yeah. and they didn't. They right. put it in the taxes and fees line item. So that's that's one side of the story. That's shady as hell. The other side of the story is the fact that we never told the hotels that we were doing it. So you know how yeah. earlier I negotiated with you and I said you'll get $80 and I'll get 20, right? How would you feel if I got 25 instead of 20 and just I increased the price and took it on my side? Well, I'm fine with it. You're a big guy. I don't want to upset you. <laughs> I've got problems. <laughs> yeah, only only it's Groupon and the, the big guy is really just a bunch of lawyers, right? Yeah. That's so crazy. And and something that you had brought up in the the first the first round of recording that I found fascinating was the the level of shadiness uh when you brought this to your bosses their response in their email was which was very blatantly like I mean just, Yeah, so you could probably quote that email as well. But. I can. So I remember <laughs> so long story short, a hotel reaches out to me and they're like, "Hey, Mark, we we're going through all these numbers and it just doesn't make sense. Is there anywhere is there, any, is there any way we can set up a time and talk about it and like screen share, do whatever we need to do right. to get to the bottom of this? That's when I was finally told by our management what was going on. And I get an email and this is pretty much verbatim. It goes, hey, Mark, you can send this along to Sydney James, the hotel. It's a net rate calculator Excel sheet that will show them the tax, the net room rate, the taxes and fees, credit card fee, etc., all while hiding the booking fee. Oh my god. And then it says, we have also been explicitly instructed to not tell the hotels about the booking fee. Let me know if you have any questions. And probably not podcast audience. <laughs> yeah. At this point, you know. Oh man. So and one thing we talked about in the other recording that I want to clarify is so obviously at one point I went manic and didn't sleep for a week and was basically gathering all of this evidence before they cut off my access to all of our internal info. Yeah, right? 150 now, pages worth of shit. Oh, yeah. and and illegally recorded phone calls that I didn't even mention in the first podcast. Oh, so, shit. So in sales, if you're in sales and you've ever used what's called a CRM, like a, a customer relationship manager, 
management tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest one out there is called Salesforce. Yep, that's the name of the company. Salesforce just bought Slack. If you've ever heard of Slack, oh, I know Slack. Cool. So, at the time I worked at that's Groupon, it's like a messenger thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like an internal messenger, but you can like it's real. It's it's more than shit. that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but Salesforce. At the time that I worked at Groupon, Groupon was Salesforce's number one client, and that's because every single phone call that went into the headquarters and or out of the headquarters was recorded. Now there are state by state laws about recorded phone calls. Yep. Now when I worked on the inbound like training program that I talked about earlier with all the voicemails, yeah. Uh, I every time I made an outbound call, I had to tell them, "Hey, this is Mark from Groupon on a recorded line." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's how you say it. Now when I got to Groupon Getaways, they were still recording every single call, but my manager at the time, he listened to one of my calls, heard me say that pulled me aside and said, Hey, Mark, do you want to make sales here? I said, yeah, he said, don't ever tell them you're recording them. You're talking to the director of sales, the director of marketing, the general manager, the owner of the hotel. You're not going to gain their trust right off the bat by sounding like a telemarketer. Don't by following the don't, law. Don't right, do yeah. it. They, they explicitly told me don't do it. Oh so 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 basically I went two years making like committing a felony every day. Yeah, not telling these people they were being recorded under but the direct when direction I'm, of your superior. Correct. So when I'm suffering a manic episode, I'm going into and I'm one of probably the only people at Groupon that actually knew how to go into the Salesforce things and actually download them out. Oh, so you were able to go in and get those recordings. Correct. Oh, correct. Oh, shit, so, dog. so um, yeah, I mean, here, give me one. Can we? Can you pause, yeah, or yeah. can I just we... get up for a second? Pause. Hey, welcome to the first ever mid-roll ad. Yeah, we just decided to interrupt the whole show that had nothing to do with the guest asking us to pause so that he could turn on his laptop so that we could listen to whatever it is that he's about to listen to us. Holy crap! Isn't Groupon freaking amazing? In the most weird and evil way. Anywho. I'm just here to tell you that the show, this show that you're listening to right now, how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Well, uh, it's going to have a Patreon. Well, we've had a Patreon. It's existed for quite some time now. Um, it's just, you know, sift, sitting there in, in the ether. Um, I have to do some retooling on it and some fixing, but eventually there's going to be the first ever bonus episode of How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, and that bonus episode is going to be called How I Learned to Get Kicked Out of Radio Artifact. Luke and I are going to sift through all of our past episodes, look at, at each individual terrible thing that Luke has said to try and figure out exactly what it was that got us kicked off. Um, so stay tuned for that. We'll announce once it's up, but you know, go try and find our Patreon. You know how Patreon works. You just like type in our name or whatever. I don't know. Thanks for listening. Back to the episode. So I have this audio recording. This is just one example of the dozens of hotels that reach out to me being like, Hey man, what's going on with our accounting? Hell yeah. Okay. Oh God. Yeah. So, so long story short, I'm basically holding all this as leverage against Groupon, not knowing what to do. And did they know that? That I was taking all of these recorded no, phone that calls you're out? holding it as leverage. Did you eventually, eventually I got sour on them and sent them a resignation email at four 30 in the morning that basically says I'm gone and I'm coming for you. See you soon because oh, I've saved everything snap. and I have my receipts. So, so the timeline is you, you are graduating college. You go out for this amazing night on the town with this guy and he offers you a job 
you get the job. He immediately leaves that company because he's done well. He's moving on to other things, and things are starting to go sour. And as you progress up, your managers keep asking you to do things that are incredibly unsavory and downright illegal. And that finally reaches a culmination where you head into this manic episode, and then you finally send the resignation letter at 4.30 in the morning on a Saturday going into a Saturday. And the thing that's crazy is, you know, I think mental health is obviously something that a lot more people are talking about now. Yeah. yeah. But in 2015, when someone just completely loses their mind and is spouting out nonsense at certain points and thinking that people are watching them and like Googling weird things like People were just so confused. Yeah, I mean, I know, because you, so much of my evidence against Groupon is legitimate, and I I have vetted my information. I was very. It's really hard for me to have the conversation of like, okay, am I bipolar, or did Groupon just really act in such a way that any person would have gone insane? Yeah, there are those two narratives going on. Yeah, where one is like, can you trust this person? does sound a little bit off about this wild sounding information or did this wild stuff that happened cause this person to act in the way that they're acting now? It's a chicken eggy situation. As Justin Adkins would say, it is a little chicken eggy. (laughs) (laughs) But just to give people an idea of what, and I'm going to say, what happened to you because of Groupon? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You made a visit to La Rosa's. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> Holy okay. shit. So, I haven't even come close. So, okay. No. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, my God. It was so funny because the first the first one we did was so... I, I, not thinking back on it, it did go really well and things were <laughs> flowing the way it should. And, and there are so many things that I haven't even talked about yet that I'm like, how are we going to do this in if this we, much time? If we want to okay. save LaRose's... No, 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 no. Okay. So long story short, group put, put group on aside for a second, okay? I haven't slept for a week because I'm gaining information Jump about group on. How many... How much time? Um, the so the La Rosa story was about four days after I quit. Okay, okay not that much. You no, know, just four more manic days of just like interrogating my friends and family and doing weird stuff. Oh, okay, shit. yeah, yeah. So anyway, and, and I'm convinced at the time. The scene, you think you're in Truman Show exactly. Right now. Can, like it, everyone's an I, actor. Well, you think Groupon's watching you? you I'm diagnosed gr- manic bipolar with yeah. psychotic features. I'm having a completely manic episode. I don't know what's real and what's not. But one thing I do think is going on is the government is watching my every move. Okay. And so logically in my head, if the government and the police are already watching me, I could just go commit shoplifting crimes, all kinds of different things. And for them to actually make a move on me, well, I want that at that point. So this I is want your this all to be yeah, it's sort exactly. So I decide. So I'm I'm at my apartment with my dad, and it's just me and him. And my dad, God bless his heart, he passed away a couple of years ago. He he never really knew oh. how to understand a mentally ill son, and he didn't really know what was going on like yeah. at all. And but but I'm sitting there manic, yelling at him, telling him about how I own the house now and all this weird stuff and I'm yelling out the window to nobody. Okay, I'm just like, hey, I'm heading to GameStop. I'm about to get a PS4. You all better have it waiting. I just need to chill, man. I just need to chill. Everybody needs to chill yelling out the window to nobody, right? And so he calls up my brother and anyway, I rush out the house and I'm heading to GameStop and for some reason, even though it's the middle of the afternoon, I I think they're going to be like locked and closed up. So I need something to be able to break the glass down with the glass door. I mean, that makes sense if you thought the door was going to be locked. <laughs> yeah, so there's a La Rosa's like halfway between my house and GameStop. So I go into this 
harmless La Rosa's. Wait, you just stop at a random La Rosa's to get something to break a door down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because La Rosa's <laughs> has a lot of bludgeoning. Because tools I'm manic. Inside. You can't judge me, Luke. You can't judge me. I'm manic at the You're time. Like, I'm perfect. Not... La Rosa's, and I needed to break a door down. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, so I whip the door open at La Rosa's, and I come in. And there's maybe like six or seven people, you know, like three customers, three workers, and I'm just staring them all down. Like, what are y'all <laughs> going to do, dude? And I grab this chair and I'm walking out the door and there's this other guy that was also walking out that had some food with him. And I look at this dude and I'm like, hey, man, you want to give me a ride over to GameStop? <laughs> they he, got a PS4 waiting for okay. me. And First he, telling I said good Samaritan. Good He's Samaritan. starting to sound like a victim <laughs> in this one. <laughs> so he's like, uh, he sure. Right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he was like, sure. I was like, can I bring this chair with Did me? Did you leave your dad back at your apartment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My dad was still at the apartment. So anyway, I... Uh, your poor dad is like, do I follow him? No, hell Maybe no. Maybe he'll come back with a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... Yeah. So I... Uh, so I do all this and I put, I was like, can I put my chair in your trunk? He's like, yeah, sure. The chair you just, the chair, took, I out just of took out of La yeah. Rosa's. The chair he watched you yeah. rob from La Rosa's. Yeah, but apparently. He's mouthing send help. As he <laughs> I think it was funny because he did sort of look over at the staff like, am I a cool? accomplice uh, now? Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Don't so you agree you we should help this the guy? Room and they're just like. Did he just do that? Yeah. So, um, so I get, so I put the chair in the trunk and we head over to GameStop, but my brother actually had pulled up in his car and he like stopped the guy. There was like some shouting going on. Eventually the police get called right and they show up and I'm not like doing anything illegal. I'm just like really upset, Yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm telling this police officer, he's like, well, what do you want? I was like, I just want to go to a hospital because I can't trust my own thoughts and therefore I should be considered suicidal because I don't want any of my thoughts because like I, I did get to one point where internally I knew I couldn't trust my own thoughts anymore and right. I thought to myself, well, what if one of my good ideas in the next couple of minutes becomes kill myself? Right, and yeah. it made me scared yeah. for my own life. That and the fact that I thought a billionaire was after me. I yeah. thought I was going to be safer in a mental hospital. There was a lot on your plate at that particular moment. Yeah. yeah so I tell I, this. I tell I this. I dip my toes into mania, and at a certain point, you're like, "Okay, wait. What if I am crazy?" Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a moment when you start to see your own shadow. I'm snatching chairs out of La Rosa's. <laughs> Oh, Let's God. get some input here. Yeah, so this story gets even wilder. So that's what the first time I got put in a mental hospital. This is how it went down. Hold on. The we have to talk about what made the cop well, yeah, decide. I'm going to, I'm, yeah, that's what, <laughs> okay. I, that's what I was about to say. So so I'm talking to this police officer, and he's like, okay, well, your brother's here. Just have him take you. I was like, I don't trust him right now. He's with, you know. He's you take no me. Good. You yeah. have a badge. So I tell, I tell the police officer that I want him to take me to the mental hospital. And he says, no, I can't because you're not really a threat to yourself or anyone else. Did he see the chair? <laughs> well, the chair had already gone back with the guy to La Rosa's. Oh, oh he is a he good is, Samaritan. Yeah. He's a good Samaritan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the win. <laughs> Fuck yeah, guy. Yeah. So I tell this police officer, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm about to kill myself by holding my breath. <gasps> He's like, all right, come with me. I've seen enough. And yeah, then, right. And then so we're driving down 71 <laughs> South towards Deaconess and Clifton. And I think like I'm basically thinking at the time that I'm getting like a escort there and that all the cars around me are like undercover FBI people making sure that like Eric Lefkowski doesn't snipe me out. Oh, my God. And so I tell the police officer on the way there. I'm like, hey, man, can you just like pull over and stop for like two minutes? I just want to see what would happen. He was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're going straight to the mental hospital. Holy shit. So yeah. you were in the height of this mania. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. So, so anyway, oh, so anyway, I quit Groupon and for about six months, well, uh, uh, who uh, was the Eric? Le, what's his Eric Lefkowski was the f original financer of Groupon. He's the main guy behind the money behind Groupon. He's actually about to take a new company public, which like really upsets me, but he's yeah. basically this greedy 
like piece of shit he's Chicago the billionaire. Jeff Bezos in this he's story. he's the yeah. Mr. Burns of real life. Ooh, better, better. And it example. wasn't his idea. It was somebody. It, else. it was this guy Andrew Mason's idea. So yeah. small world stuff. I actually, Luke, I talked to you about this software called Descript that you yes. use. Yes. Yes, which could have been better at catching curse words that were to say go up on radio <laughs> artifact. <laughs> I don't want to put it all on the software. You said ninety five percent. It's ninety five percent accurate on the and transcription. I think it caught about ninety five percent of the curse words we were supposed to censor, which turns out wasn't enough. Was not <laughs> enough. We said more than more than a hundred curse words. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so I want to fast forward six months just because it's sort of a similar story. Six months later, I find myself in Cincinnati again and I'm manic again and I want to go on an actual shoplifting spree. Oh, okay. So not just go- one game. No, stop, I like- wanted I wanted to go to I started out at bed or I'm sorry at great clips. Okay. Weird place to start a shop. Well, I love the, the I love the Paul Mitchell tea tree shampoo kits they got. <laughs> oh my and god! So I love no, this. no joke, Lauren. That's I some good product. I <laughs> walked I walked into this. I think it was actually Supercuts because it was Rookwood. It had to have been Supercuts. <laughs> oh, not you're downgrading. Yeah. So I walk in. I again. I'm always whipping the doors open. Yeah. Yeah. You know when I'm manic. <laughs> so I whip the door open. There's like three people getting their hair cut. Two people waiting. And I just stare everyone down again and I grab the Paul Mitchell tea tree <laughs> shampoo and walk out. So you're less a shoplifter and more uh, just I'm trying to get caught at this point. Beef. I'm trying to get caught at this point. I go into Bed Bath and Beyond with a big jacket on. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Stop number one. Supercuts for that tea tree shampoo. Stop number two. Bed Bath and Beyond Can I say- for Dervis tumblers. <laughs> Present time, present time, current situation. Your hair is looking good. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you got that. a tight cut. I appreciate it. The product is strong. Yeah. I don't know where you got it. It's working, but it is thank working. You. So where did you go after Bed Bath? So Beyond? I go to Bed Bath Beyond and I steal like three Tervis tumblers and a shower head that changes colors when the water turns on. Bro, I have one of those. They're yeah, amazing. They're With the beads in yeah, them? I don't know about the beads, but it, uh, it I want to No, not the beads. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that. Anyways. So then, and then my favorite story is this. Okay. Uh, do you, are you too aware of rally house? No rallies not rally house is like a sports apparel store and they have like all the colleges and they have like sweatshirts, jerseys. Still in Rookwood. I'm in Rookwood Commons, just bouncing between places, stealing stuff. Yeah, you got wow. A car full of things to get your look right. Yep. So, so I, I go into this rally house, and there's a Cincinnati Reds custom pool stick. Okay. It's a two piece, and I'm like, and and so I uh, I walk in, and I have jeans on. And I walk up to this stick and I'm like, all right, this is what I'll take from here. And I go like this. I'm like, hey, hey, I snap at the at the employees. No, and you I'm do like, not. Get over here. <laughs> this dude comes over oh. and he's like, what's up? And I'm like, tell me everything you know about this pool stick. That's what I said. He's like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just like a graphite reds pool stick. I was like, okay, cool. And he leaves. Okay. And I've been walking around the store totally fine the whole time. Okay. Right. Right. And a two piece pull stick when you when you cut it in half and put it into a, like a cardboard box, it basically goes about this high, like right above your knee. Yeah, it's about three foot long. I'm yeah. feeling yeah. some foreshadowing. So what happened is, is I took one of the cardboard boxes that had one of these pull sticks in it and I shoved it down my jeans, but it went up past my knee and I'm thinking I'm Truman and that the entire world is watching me for entertainment and I decide to do like a stick limp Oh my God Out of rally house <laughs> as if as if I had a wooden leg and I stared down the guy who had just told me to tell me everything about this pool cue. I'm like, you what might are as you well going to do have had a shirt that says I'm stealing. <laughs> it was crazy. I was trying to get caught. Okay, and Jesus now, now I'm going to blow your guys mind the most right here, and this is sort of like I'm not doing this for shock value or because but this is like what happened next. Okay, I have no so idea imagine, what you're saying that could blow my mind anymore. <laughs> 
for <laughs> so the imagine, past two hours. Imagine I do all that and still nothing happens to me. I don't get caught. Nothing. What? Nothing. Nothing happens. Yeah. I'm just sitting in my basement of my apartment like manic out of my mind with all this free stuff that I love and I'm just sitting there like about to take a shower with this new shower head. Anyway, anyway, I'm super manic and at one point I thought it'd be a good idea to take a huge box of matches and put it inside my bathtub in my apartment, light it on fire and call the cops on myself. So so your head is in the place where you're like, there are no consequences for my actions. Mm -hmm. So I call the cops. They're there within like a minute, of course, and they put out the fire with a bucket of water and then charge me with aggravated arson, which is on yourself. Yeah, that, that, that that's a hefty fine, right? Like, well, I went to jail. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, that is a hefty fine. I went to jail that night. They take your life <laughs> and then I told him I was suicidal, so they put me in the hole. Oh, I was in solitary confinement for three days. Are you fucking kidding me? Three days and then that's you, the sequence of events. You lit a box of matches in your bathtub. You called the police on yourself. They arrested you. You then told them that you were suicidal and their response to that was to put you in solitary confinement for three days. Yeah, America's healthcare system is fine. All right. It's now good. I, I, I know that was intense Whew. and like not funny at all, but you want to hear the funny oh, no, side it's of that super story? hilarious when we so the fail our got, people. So the reason I got the third day in solitary was on this on the third day. I was supposed to be able to be out in the community with like or not in the community, but on like the main yeah, jail Pop area, or whatever. Yeah, whatever general population. Um, and I was in my I was in my solitary confinement thing, just trying to stay composed and I was doing yoga naked and a police officer walked by checking the cells and saw me, you know, probably ass up balls back. Yeah, you're doing a downward dog. Yeah, and he didn't appreciate the angle he got of me. And so (laughs) so he left me in there for one more day. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you got an extra day of solitary confinement because of one guards homophobia. That is the most ridiculous bullshit. I've ever male ass. Leave him in there another 24 hours. So okay. Wow. So I'll try to one up it again. So I get better. I get put on house arrest. Okay. Okay. And I'm awaiting trial. And luckily, I had been hospitalized for arsoning yourself. I had been hospitalized 48 hours prior to the arson in Chicago, which is a totally separate but long story that we can't go into. But I had been hospitalized with a suicide watch and this and that, and they released me prematurely. I was back home in Cincinnati. So I had a lot of good documentation saying that I was mentally ill. Yeah, absolutely. Six months of doctors saying you're mentally ill. So I end up pleading not guilty by reason of insanity, right? Which basically says I'm not admitting guilt and I'm just saying that I wasn't mentally right at the time of the incident, right? And so I shouldn't be held accountable for my actions. Okay, right? Which and I had a conservative judge at the time, but he he gave me the NGRI plea. Now, now what he's what the judge is legally allowed to do is send me to a state run mental hospital for the maximum amount of time I could have gone to prison, which was nine years. Okay, and and it's this all based and it's all and it's all based on whether or not you are mentally capable of being in the community. So like you have to graduate different levels to get out of the hospital right. and time has to go by. Okay, yeah, so I had already gotten the NGRI plea and we were awaiting another court date to figure out whether or not I needed to go to this mental hospital, but the the consensus was I wasn't going to have to. Okay. I decided to smoke weed because I didn't <laughs> think son of a bitch because I didn't think that I thought I was done with all the drug testing because I was off house arrest, right? But this court appointed oh. psychologist like surprise drug tested me yep. and I and I ended up getting a fake pee test that didn't work because oh, I was too no. fat this and is like I I'm test dirty uncut gyms. So <laughs> so I'm ready. So I, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Uh, so I end up testing dirty and this yep. judge who was never going to send me to the mental hospital. I was never going to get any time for the actual crime that I committed, but I ended up having to spend 13 months at a state run mental hospital Jesus. because of a dirty drug test. Holy fuck, man. Okay. 13 months from 2016 to 17 13 months 
You want to hear what my worry was before we started recording for the second time? What was your worry, Luke? I'm like, we've already been through this shit. <laughs> yeah, what more could there what possibly... More? We're going to trudge through everything we've heard of. How dare you diminish an entire human being into one story? <sighs> yeah, you see how Can I did we that? we three of these back to back? No, for, for, for starters, number one, uh, we definitely are going to have you back because I want to hear more about everything that you are. <laughs> I um, appreciate that. But getting back to what you were saying, 13 months in, an, in a mental institution. That doesn't sound like it would make you more sane. Was there anything positive that came out of your time there? Yeah, so I met a lot of people in there that actually were just sort of dealt bad cards. Hell yeah. You know, so for you instance, found a tribe. For instance, I have these two guys. This one guy in particular, his name's Patrick. Patrick was a three-time Iraq and Afghanistan army veteran. So he did three tours. Right. And from the conversations I've had with him, he's probably killed more people than he can count. Right. And he came How back. How high can he count? <laughs> he's a pretty, he's a pretty smart guy. Okay. Um, but you know, and regular numbers are pie, but he, but he was one of those ones that saw like the kids strapped with bombs, yeah. you know, things like that. Oh, yeah. shit. So he comes back and he's at a bar here in Cincinnati and he's, he's talking to this dude and they have some words with each other and the guy says, meet me outside. And Patrick waits for a while, but eventually leaves and is while he's outside. This guy's there and they get into an altercation and Patrick beats the shit out of this dude and then is leaving to go to his truck to leave and he sees out of his rearview mirror that the guy's rushing his truck again what? and he figures that their only way that he would do that is if he's armed. So Patrick panicked and pulled out a pistol from underneath his seat and shot the dude one shot in the head as the skill that he's learned right during his entire career that is valuable exactly like as you were telling that story i was like this this 100 percent just sounds like a soldier that's pulling on his training like i mean not to be like cliched but what you just described was kind of the setup to con air people that are in the military that are trained to be deadly weapons that then try and operate in civilian life with a drunk asshole that won't sit down it's tough. Yeah. I mean, and you, we have to take it on as a country when we send these people off to defend us and they come back. That's our responsibility. Yeah. Not to cage them up right. or to judge them in any way for what they went through. Like if you if you go over to Iraq and Afghanistan and see that kind of shit and come back, I'm not judging you for anything you do at at any point because I don't I can't relate to what you've been through right and so anyway you know it, I think it says a lot about us as a country how we value foreign lives compared to domestic lives because I, I'm sure there was way less paperwork for all the killing he did overseas. Oh for sure you know? for sure and he comes back here and he kills one guy but because he's on our grid with a social security number attached to us. Yeah, it's all That's of a sudden he's, he's held. Yeah. He's held to this much higher standard of like oh well, did you really feel so in Ohio? It's hard to go for the self-defense. Yeah, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? the self-defense defense yeah. I guess. The, the the self defense squared. <laughs> Speaking of pie, yeah. <laughs> so, um, who was the second guy that you've met in there? Uh, okay, so I meet this other guy. His name is Jonathan Beb. Now, his dad was a prominent professor at Ohio University. And long story short, Jonathan stabbed his dad like thirty times and killed him. That is a long that, story. That very could, short. That could be a longer story. <laughs> okay, so what happened with Jonathan is his dad. His story is that his dad molested him when he was a child and he dealt with. Okay, that's about dozen, long enough. <laughs> a dozen, a dozen <laughs> years of like. depression and eventually felt the only thing that he could do to make himself feel better would be to kill his rapist. I mean, I understand and that yeah. on paper. Yeah, and I now, haven't lived through any part of that, but no, I, understand I can't it relate. On paper. I can't relate to it, but the right. conversations that I had with him that I was forced to have while in a mental hospital, I found him to be a good guy. Yeah, I found him to be someone that went through things I can't relate to and therefore I'm not going to judge, but I enjoy the conversations I have with him and like I'm still in touch with him, right? Yeah. Him and Patrick and a couple other people from in there because just because you did something crazy one time doesn't mean that like you're done for good. I mean like some of my friends from in there, they have schizophrenia and so yeah. I'll 
I'll be That's a rough road. Yeah, right? like they might, you know, their their quality of life is only going to be so much when you have when you have actual voices in your head telling you things as you're talking to other people. Yeah, you know. So anyway, this is way off topic. This is not yeah. anything related to Groupon, but, <laughs> but but it has to do. But long, oh, but in shit, but, it's interesting. But <laughs> but the context is, and the entire time, even up until this very day, I've been uber focused on taking Groupon down and not allowing them to continue doing what they're doing. And the discredits I've done to myself are get myself into these situations where I am in a mental hospital being viewed as a crazy disgruntled employee. Right. Yeah. And like when they like, were actually doing something wrong that may have triggered some of this because you're if you get out of college, you're bright eyed worlds at your feet and yeah. then you get into a job that you think is your career. You're making money hand over fist. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people start telling you to commit crimes. It's not good. No. Nah. And what's sad about it is I signed up over 400 businesses to partner with Groupon. Right. And and by partner you mean get ripped off. Get ripped off and I just I I've, I've built some very valuable relationships during that time and to feel like oh my god the the platform the tool in which I'm bringing these people the business is fraudulent and it's a scam yeah. it, got a it, big old cow heart in that chest of yours yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. I, and it's a good one it's a good heart and, right. I, and I don't want to do all these people wrong and my options were keep moving forward with it with them and continue deceiving and committing crimes and and not or take a stand and be a whistleblower and tell your story and be like, yo, there is so much wrong about this and it's my responsibility. I feel like sometimes to get that story out because when I bring up Groupon to the normal person, they don't know that they were the fastest company to profit a billion dollars and it wasn't even close. And like I mentioned in the last recording, they they were offered two um, in two years of existence. They were offered six billion dollars by Google and they turned it down and went public the next year and yeah. were trading it over twenty six billion dollars yeah. in 2011. That's a pretty relevant company. And if you've ever lo owned a local business, you've at least considered Groupon and you've probably had Groupon call you and yeah. record their yeah. conversation with you without telling you right right <laughs> and all this like crazy shit. Yeah, do we I'm, say that during this recording? The yeah, the false recordings thing. I can't remember. Everything's bleeding okay. that was, together. That was this one. J okay. I'm I, didn't say, you know. I didn't say anything about the recorded calls in the last. That's one. right. That was a big surprise. Wait, yeah. didn't we stop to get to the recorded calls and that's when we realized the red light was off. Yeah, you'd think we'd remember that. No, we we stopped. We re, we stopped the recording okay, so I could bring okay, up yeah. the thing on my laptop. So let's go back to when you sent that letter of resignation. What was your breaking point before you were gathering evidence for like four or five days, what finally made you hit send on that? And bear in mind, you have 10 minutes. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I basically I knew I couldn't go into the office anymore. I because every time I went into the office, I was treated so shitty by by just a couple people yeah, that were important. Yeah, yeah that, that was last the recording, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I just a funny story. But for about three so days good. straight. I would end up going into the, I would go into work and then end up bawling crying and have to leave and be embarrassed and then I finally wrote an email to my manager and was like, hey, I'm heading back to Cincinnati and taking some time off for now because I can't be in the office and be productive and this was about you feeling like you're scamming the people you thought were you were serving. Yeah, and basically the, the guy who had hired me had already left the company and I had already yeah. sort of lost like the faith in the company that I, yeah. I uh, so many things had already gone sour. For instance, that same vice president that I farted in her face on accident because I had a standing desk and she was sitting next to me and like, there it is. Gotcha. Was, like threatening me, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. That's a whole That's separate why thing. If someone gets a standing desk next to you, you need to also suit. stand. Yeah. <laughs> there are right. Fold in. So okay, I'll, I'll tell one more crazy story that I haven't told yet. So I'm working there, and this vice president decides to hire her friend to be one of the managers. Okay, okay. and her friend is a psycho, Classic like a, an nepotism. absolute psycho. 
and she's, she's going to La Rosa's. She's still yeah. in chairs. Yeah. She's 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 one of me. Okay, <laughs> this is a person that I still talk to, so I'm not going to say your name, but it doesn't matter. So anyway, I'm in. She's been working at the company for about a week. She's like going through training. She doesn't really know what's going on. Okay. And there's only a certain amount of hotels, so the salespeople are only allowed to reach out to like their own hotels, right? Right. And this new manager who's been there less than a week, I've been there two years, she tries to tell me that this one hotel is her, is her team's and not mine, my team. And I'm like, that's super weird because you've been here a week and I know the rules, the rules of engagement for who gets <coughs> these accounts. And I know for a fact this is my account. What I also knew that she didn't know was it was a shit account, so it wasn't worth a fight. Okay. So anyway, I end up saying, okay, like you can have it. No right. big deal. And then her. So she gives it to the salesperson on her team. And my manager asks me like, hey, um, the new bitch and her person like Hit she wants. Well, then- <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, this is her words too. She hated her too. But anyway, she was like, so there were three girls. There was me, my manager, who was a female her counterpart, this other female, and then the sales rep, another female. The four of us are in a room meeting about this account that I don't care about that they're taking away from me, but I'm not going to put up a fight about. And this new this new manager, crazy lady decides that she's going to go on a rant about how like this will never happen again. And at one point she put a fist up to my face and said and looked at the other girl Taylor and was like, hey, Taylor, if you ever see him take one of your accounts again, I want you to punch him in the fucking face. Jesus. And I'm like, and I'm just sitting there like, whoa, this is out there. That is classic startup energy right there. Yeah, it was wild work environment. (laughs) Yeah, I, I walked out of the meeting and my manager came back up to me. She was like, how did you keep your composure in there? I was like, I don't know. You told me to before the meeting, like just stay chill. And I did. And the thing is, I'm such Best a team player. I'm such right? a team player and I had so much money in front of me to yeah. make there that I was just like, this is a psycho. She got fired a month later anyway for like weird shit she did with other people. Right. So it was irrelevant. Yeah. But when I eventually so like Amanda, the vice president and I got into it really hard and she was the one who hired that crazy manager that got fired. So like when I went to quit, I was like, hey, you need to either fire Amanda, the vice president or fire me because like I'm, I can't work with her anymore. She hired this other crazy bitch who got fired. This is all on record. Right. She said this crazy <laughs> shit to me. She she like suggested she punch me in the fucking face. Here's the email where I re, where I summarized it the next day and sent it back to her like all this crazy shit. I was such a team player there until the very last second and then I finally was like, you know what? I quit. I have all these legally recorded phone calls. I have all these emails. Yeah. I have this now. I want to you. You asked the question, Lauren. When when did you break and what made you actually like hit send? Okay. Yeah. So this Excel sheet. Keep in mind, you have seven minutes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so so we're sending out we're sending out this really sketchy Excel sheet that has a hidden tab that has a that has the booking fee percentage. The tab is it. named high. The tab is literally mark. named high. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying. So all I knew is one of the managers had told me secretly that Simon put together this Excel sheet and there's somehow this this hidden tab. I knew there was a hidden tab, right? But I went on a Windows computer. I went into the office suite. I did unhide all tabs and then nothing ever came up and I was like, what the hell is going on? And I went to my brother who happens to be an accountant for E for Ernst and Young. He hates uh, Will Smith. Yes. Last yes. Last defunct callback. Had to get that in there. <laughs> so small. Do you know? Do you know much about accounting firms? You can assume I don't know anything about anything. Okay. So <laughs> there's there's four big accounting firms. Ernst and Young is one of them. Okay. So he's working for one of the big four. He's working one of the big four. Exactly. Yeah. And I tell my brother like, hey, I have this Excel sheet and I want you to do everything you can to figure out what the hell it is. Yeah. And he's like, okay, and he, he, he brings it up on his laptop and he can't find it and then he's like, hold on. Let me try something and he gets into his internal Ernst and Young software. Yeah, he yeah. does his own thing big and then all moves. of a sudden he somehow extracts this thing out 
and it's this tab that says hide <laughs> with the booking. Fee and they list. hit it pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the the crazy thing about it is, I've I'm like I mentioned, I'm basically autistic for Groupon. Right. I knew that Groupon's accounting firm was Ernst and Young. What? Okay. And my brother literally said the words oh. conflict of interest to me. And I'm like, you know what? I can't trust anybody anymore. Holy I was like, do <laughs> nope. Yes, you are. <laughs> Don't you know what an IPO is, right? I see penis overhead. You you can't know all the references you know and not no, know what I think an IPO it's exactly is. because we know those references <laughs> that, that we don't, don't know. know what an IPO is. <laughs> okay. So like Facebook had an IPO, Google had an IPO. These were private companies that had an initial public offering. They went public. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. So what you know about Wild Wild West yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> so when a company goes public, like from private, right? There's what they call a quiet period where they basically can't comment on their success. They can't say what their numbers are. Right, they can't right, influence right. the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So one thing that Groupon did is they their CEO at the time, Andrew Mason, he sent out an internal email that he knew would leak that basically just bashed the media that was bashing Groupon at the time. But long story short, before you go public, you have to have an actual accounting firm come in and look at your numbers right. and confirm that they are what they are. And basically, like the worst grade you can get on that test is what they call a statement of material material weakness. Okay, and basically just says like your numbers are so confusing in the way that you're presenting them to us that we can't confidently say what any of your numbers are. Oh. It's called a statement of material weakness. Yeah. So basically, I don't it's know what the an fuck is happening. It's basically here. an F. Yeah. And I knew that at the time that my brother, who's an accountant for this firm that represents Groupon, who extracted this file out for me, I know that the hidden booking fee is real because I was not only told it at the company, but right. written it into an email. Right. And now I've extracted it. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only person on earth that has all of this information. I have dozens of recorded phone calls and G chats and the actual like full length agreements for my employment there and their their uh, their agreements with the local businesses, both at the hotel level and like the restaurant level. I took it all and I saved it on a private hard drive and was like, hey, let's look into what I have here. But six months went by and it wasn't as successful as I would have hoped because I was manic and unproductive and emotional about it. Right. And then I was like, I eventually started a fire inside of a bathtub because, <laughs> because I wanted to talk about Groupon. Yeah. Holy do shit. We, do dude. we have enough time to go over his resignation letter or should we tie a bow on it? Uh, we have seconds. Thank you all so much for listening. We are going to have you back very, Deal. very soon. Cause I definitely like th this isn't over. Like <laughs> obviously it's not over, but we're not even done catching everyone up. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. <laughs>